It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Yeah, man. We here. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yes, sir. 
Welcome into another edition of the HBCU Report for Tuesday, May 26, 2020. I am your host, Rob Calloway. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Well, folks, been a couple days since we checked in with you Saturday to be exact. Uh, for those of you uh, that are just tuning in for the very first time or missed last week's episodes of the HBCU Report. Uh, Starting last Tuesday, we kicked off our celebration of 1997. We were joined by Damon Wilson, head football coach of the Bowie State University Bulldogs, uh, the back-to-back CIAA football champions. Friday, Mo Williams, the former NBA All-Star and world champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers, now the head basketball coach of the men's program at the Alabama State University, checked in with us Friday and Saturday on the big show, Lavelle Moten, the head basketball coach of the North Carolina Central University Eagles, uh, checked in and chopped it up with me. So big shouts out to all three of those coaches uh, who were a part of the HBCU report last week. You can go back and relive any moment of any episode that you might have missed 24-7 on demand via Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn radio app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, just all the usual suspects, ladies and gentlemen, all the usual suspects. All right. Um, what else do we have going on? A whole lot. There's a whole lot going on. We kicked the show off uh, with the news that uh, the NBA and the NHL could be on their way back. Uh, you know, the talk had been with the NBA uh, about restarting the season at Disney's wide world of sports. And so that looks like it's about to happen. They're just trying to figure out how they're going to do it. If all 30 teams are going to be involved in the restart of the season, uh, because as we know, we have some teams that have absolutely no reason to even restart the season. And if you're going to do it all right there at uh, Disney, then really and truly you should just bring the contenders. But Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks uh, has his own suggestion. And, uh, and it includes all 30 teams playing five to seven regular season games before a play-in tournament to determine the final two playoff seeds. And so basically what he's talking about is a 10-team playoff. Not sure how that's going to work out, but based on, on what he's proposing, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks, ladies and gentlemen, would have a chance of making it to the playoffs. This is unbelievable. This is so unbelievable. And then we got the news about the uh, NHL. They're saying that uh, if they're to resume, they will adopt a 2014 playoff system. And so a lot of these uh, leagues are are itching to get back, uh, especially when you talk about the NBA. They just want to wrap up the season, and a lot of us want to wrap up the season as well. You know, we're so uh, thirsty for sports. And and speaking of being thirsty for sports, man, over the weekend, Sunday, uh, we had the match, Champions for Charity, where we saw – uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, you know, do it for charity. Twenty million dollars for charity. Uh, big shouts out to all four of those guys. Um, come to find out this was uh, the most watched cable television golf match in history, in history. But what does that say about golf? Oh, well, well, I don't know. Golf's not really on cable that much, right? You know, you usually see the, the golf matches on, on, on CBS and stuff like that, right? So I guess to be on cable, uh, six million people watched. That's huge. To see a four-man tournament, really a two-team tournament, that's kind of big. I didn't watch. I'm not going to lie. 
I, I didn't watch, you know, and if you watch, you know, you can let me know what you thought. I, I mean, jump in the chat room. Let me know. You can always hit me up social media at HBCU report. You know, it really didn't move the meter for me. I, I can't lie. It really didn't move the meter. You know, I, I knew the guys were going to be participating. I had been hearing about it, but mm, you know what I'm more interested in now, what I'd be more interested in watching is Mike Tyson. If he was to make a return now, here's, you know, the, the reports are saying, that uh, bare knuckle fighting championship is preparing to offer Mike Tyson $20 million for a one fight deal. Now here's the thing. Tyson, who has not fought competitively since 2005 has put out a series of workout videos and the boy looks good. I can't lie. Look real good, real good. But if you know anything about Mike Tyson, if you've seen Mike Tyson uh, do these interviews and talk about, uh, when he was a boxer, he always talks about how he does not like the person that he was. He doesn't like the person that boxing made him become. And so I don't really know if if Mike mentally needs to get back in the ring. You know, $20 million, I mean, for, for one more payday? I mean, come on now. Who wouldn't turn? Who I would say, who wouldn't turn it down? Who would turn it down? I wouldn't. And so um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not, I mean, the, the dang on training videos are phenomenal. I can't even lie. I saw him. I was like, woo, Mike Tyson looked like 1998. Yeah, man. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway uh, hanging out with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. However, you may be listening. A couple other stories uh, that are making headlines. African Americans and Latino Americans are three times more likely to know somebody uh, that has suffered from COVID-19. And I think that might be true. What do you think? Do you know anybody that that has suffered from COVID-19? I know a plethora of people, you know, a plethora of people. One of my coworkers, right when school, right when the pandemic broke out, one of my coworkers got diagnosed. Um, One of my good friends, his man, uh, man, many of his family members have been uh, afflicted with COVID-19. And so um, it's unbelievable. But when you when we first started hearing about this, it said that it was going to affect people, brown people, right? black people, Latino people that typically have these underlying conditions. And so an ABC news poll found that 30% of blacks and 26% of Latinos knew someone uh, actually killed by coronavirus. Only 10% of the whites that were polled uh, could say the same. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, here in Atlanta, but we partying like it's 1999, you know, two chains has this, uh, he has a couple of restaurants here in Atlanta, but uh, Escobar, his autopsy restaurant is really popular here in Atlanta. And so when they reopened last week, I mean, the line was down the sidewalk. It was bananas. Uh, the police actually had to shut them down this week because it just got too out of hand. It was just too many people. I mean, no social distancing. Everybody was dancing, drinking, smoking hookah, doing their thing like we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. And so that's scary, man. That That, that is um really scary when you when you think about Uh, The fact that uh, there's still people being affected every day with COVID. We're just not hearing about it as much because the president has decided that it's golf season. And so there's that. I mean, once upon a time, we were getting COVID updates. Here in Atlanta, we don't even get COVID updates anymore. It's just like, uh, back to business as usual. Mm, Not so much. 
Not so much. All right. So coming up on tonight's show, got a good one planned for you and yours. Cleo Hill Jr., uh, the men's basketball coach from Winston-Salem State University, going to check in with us in the next segment. But first, we've got to take a look back at 1998. It was May 14th of 1998, the Celebrity Deathmatch, an American stop-motion claymated series created by Eric Fogel for MTV premiered and ended on June 6th of 2002 after airing 75 episodes I freaking love Celebrity Deathmatch. They actually need to bring that back. They really do. They need to think about bringing that back. That was a mainstay for MTV when MTV was still MTV. But a lot has changed. A lot has changed. Speaking of MTV, in music, Capital Punishment, the debut album by rapper Big Pun was released April 28th. It was the only album released during his lifetime. The album peaked at number five on the Billboard 200 charts and number one on the top R&B album charts for two weeks. And It's Dark and Hell is Hot, the debut album by DMX, was released May 12th of 1998 by Rough Rider and Def Jam. Man, that was a hot album right there. Jesus. At the box office, Have Baked, the 1998 stoner comedy starring Dave Chappelle, Jim Brewer, and Harlan Williams was released January 16th. And on September 18th, Rush Hour, directed by Brett Ratner, starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, hit theaters. And in sports, all my baseball fans remember this one. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were chasing the home run record, the single season home run record set by Roger Maris in 1961. Both men ended up breaking the record. McGuire with 70 and Sammy Sosa with 66. That is a look back at 1998. Coming up on the other side, we will continue our celebration, our commemoration of 1998. And Cleo Hill Jr., men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State University, will check in with the show. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Mo Williams, head basketball coach of the Alabama State University men's basketball program. Uh, I know you haven't seen the guys yet, but once you get the guys in, what is it that you know you're going to have to do in order to be able to change the culture, per se? Laying the foundation down on how I operate, how my staff operate. Um, That's the culture, you know, and it starts with... With that and culture is no different from foundation same definition for me um, setting the foundation and obviously creating an identity who we are who we are if someone say Alabama State they're going to have something to say of who we are as a team um, teams that don't have an identity usually not pretty good um, so you want to develop a culture develop who you are develop who you recruit um, who you attract um, that, that, that's important and, and obviously the most important thing and I echo this with everybody I talk to is getting these kids graduated. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Hey, 
we the type of people made the club be for. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by, but still I find the time to put that bump off in your eye. Total chaos, but these playoffs are we with amps and we're taking another route to represent the Dungeon family like Ray Day. Me and my nigga decide to take the back way. We stabbing every city, then we headed to that back cave. ATL, Georgia, what do we do for ya? Bulldog and hoes like them Georgetown hoggers. Boy, you signed the silly thing, my bro is sitting pretty, doing donuts while you suckers like them suckers on Ron Titties. Damn, we the committee, gon' burn it down, but us gon' bust you in the mouth with the chorus now. Say, I What station is my destination? She got off the bus, the conversation lingered in my head for hours. Took a shower, kinda sour, 'cause my favorite group ain't coming with it. But I'm with you 'cause you're probably going through it anyway. But anyhow, I went and died, went on out and bought it 'cause I thought it would be jamming. But examine all the flaws, get walls get awfully sand and it's costly. But that's all shit wrote, and I hope I never have to float in that boat up shit's creek. It's sweet, it's the last quote that I wanna hear when I'm going down. When all said and done, and we got a new Joe in town. When the record player get to skipping and slowing down, all y'all can say is them niggas. But until the <laughs> classic Outcast right there in 1998, Rosa Parks from the album Aquemini. That was a hit right there. Everybody liked that song except for Rosa Parks. I actually took Outcast to court. How you gonna take Cast to court? Thought that was your boys. Thought that was your folk, Rosa. <laughs> All right, the second segment underway. HBCU report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Don't forget to follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. You know, I've been telling you guys that the the last dance was the gift that just keeps on giving. That's what I crowned it weeks ago. the The final curtain call on the last dance was last Sunday, and ladies and gentlemen, the last dance continues to deliver. Shouts out to TMZ, man. TMZ always getting the goods. So. Uh, Michael, if you remember, said that he never said that if Isaiah Thomas was on the Dream Team, that he wouldn't play. Well, new audio has surfaced. Well, not new audio, but actually it's new to us now. Uh, has surfaced from an old interview in which Michael Jordan says straight up, and I'm quoting TMZ. He told the 1992 Olympic Selection Committee member Rod Thorne that he's out if Thomas makes the team. Wow. And so coming up, hopefully we have enough time in the third segment because I, I, I got to play it. I got to talk a little bit more about it. But right now we have a guest. Yeah, I got to talk more about it, man. Michael Jordan caught on tape. Caught on tape. Caught on tape. Yes. <laughs> but right now, man, switching gears to our uh, guest tonight. He is the men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State University, the CIAA basketball champions. Cleo Hill Jr. making his first appearance right here on the show. So first of all, Coach, welcome to the HBCU Report. Rob, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to get started. Um, I've seen a couple of episodes and you do a great job. Thank you, man. Uh, So here we are. Uh, let's talk. Let's. I've been trying to figure out where did I want to start because it's so much to talk to you about. So let's start here. We'll we'll just start with your family, your family roots. You know, okay. you're you're at Winston Salem State, uh, a university that you know really well in your family because your dad, uh, Cleo Hill Senior, was one of the greatest basketball players in all of the HBCU ranks. Uh, played at Winston Salem State. Uh, played for Big House Gains. Um, 
So, you know, and he was actually the first uh, HBCU player drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. So uh, coming from that type pedigree, you know, what was it like growing up? Oh, wow. Rob, I, I tell you, it's, it's, you know, although my father is the, the most celebrated uh, that is connected to me, it's, it goes way beyond. He, he met my mother there and the, the thought of my conception started on this campus. Um, all my godparents uh, have gone there and, um, you know, Coach Gaines was my mentor. So that meant every player um, that he ever coached, I had access to. Uh, Earl Monroe was my first idol of an NBA basketball player. So the roots go really, really deep. And uh, it was really, really emotional when I got the nod to get the job when I first got the phone call from Tanya Walker. Absolutely, man. I, I could only I could only imagine uh, what, what that's like. I mean, especially, um, like I said, with you being so closely associated with the university, that's how I am about uh, Mars Brown College. Um, I was okay. I was um, uh, scheduled to attend Mars Brown College in 96, and I was so excited because, like you, my mom and dad met on the campus of Mars Brown. And so it's like, oh, wow. yeah, okay. any, anytime I just ride by the campus, even though it's not what it used to be, I mean, I always think about it. And I always say on this show, like, where would I be if it had not been for NBC? So no, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So, you know, those HBCU uh, roots, man, they're, they're strong uh, for, for a lot of us. Um, so let's talk a little basketball, man. Uh, you know, having come from Shaw University, where you, you know, had oodles and oodles of success, uh, once you arrived at, at Winston-Salem State, uh, what were some things that you knew you had to change in order to improve this program? Well, it, it wasn't so much what I had to change. It, the culture had to be changed. The, the university, uh, particularly men's basketball, taking a dip over the last couple of years. But I, I thought what I needed was in place, and that was a, a chancellor uh, with a vision and a whole lot of support. Uh, once I met Chancellor Robinson on my interview, we, we connected really well. Um, and even Tanya Walker, who was the AD that actually hired me, I thought, you know, her vision was, was great, even though uh, she did not stay. Uh, she, she resigned, and uh, George Knox became the athletic director. Um, and, and his vision as an interim was great. And they had some things in place. They have a whole academic structure uh, for athletes. They have a whole building, a building designated uh, for athletes and their academics. They had a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, the campus was still beautiful. Um, and probably the, the biggest draw was the, the alumni base was still really, really strong and really, really active uh, and the student body. Um, just watching a couple of their games, even while the team was down, um, you know, they still packed the gym. They, they didn't pack it like they do now, and they, they didn't travel the same way. Uh, but the alumni still travel. They still travel to away games, and, and now we have the student body traveling. So um, those are some things that, that I thought um, if I was going to come back to coaching and those things would be in place, that would be the perfect spot, and, and I found it. Well, you know, anytime people start talking about conferences, uh, CIAA, MEAC, Winston-Salem State is always a, a school that, that comes up because uh, a lot of people say, yeah, it's a Division II school. It's in the CIAA, but you get – when you talk about athletics and academics too, you get that 
that FCS level, it feels like a MEAC. It feels like a SWAC institution right. when you talk about athletics. So what is it that, that makes Winston-Salem State University uh, such a special place? Uh, it's, I think it's the history. We're, we are a prideful bunch. <laughs> Anybody that's ever graduated from, from Winston-Salem State has a degree of pride about themselves and, and where they went to school, school at. You know, they're, they're proud uh, about it. Um, there is a mystique that Coach Gaines built um, of, of winning uh, conference championships, uh, national championship. Uh, they had a, a long list of, of successful athletes that have come from here and a, a long list of graduates that didn't even play sports that come from here. So all that together uh, gives them this mystique of excellence. I can remember at Shaw uh, when our game would start, uh, I would see them coming in the back door and I'm like, here comes that red again and, and they would just <laughs> like they do now they, we take over gyms um, when our fans come it's, it's the alumni and the student body now and you know it's always been that way since since my father's day and, and, and since Earl and, and, and his crew Ted Blunt and that crew came um, it stayed that way for the most part so a couple of dips here and there over the years but for the most part they've always been strong and powerful Absolutely. Now, coming off of winning the CIAA basketball tournament, you guys were preparing to face Indiana University, Pennsylvania. Then COVID-19 happened. Um, how, high, um, how high was the team's disappointment in not being able to compete? Um, you know, we were just getting into shoot-around that Friday. Um, and before shoot-around, I, I, I met with our athletic director, and she said, well, you know, I might have to pull you out of shoot around. She didn't really say why. Um, and I said, wow, a decision might be coming down. But practice, uh, our shoot around was one of the best ones we had all year. The guys were really locked into play. Um, you know, even though Joe has a good IUP team, and I know Joe from years back when I was at Cheney, um, we know they were very, a very good program. He was a very good coach, but we liked our chances. Um, so we were confident as a team and as a staff. And uh, once it got over the shoot-around uh, on the bus back to the hotel, um, you know, our AD was on the phone. I could tell she was in an intense conversation. Um, we get back to the hotel, and, and she said, there's, there's a meeting going on, but I'd like to come. And, uh, you know, I, I went, and, uh, you know, I just listened to the breakdown and, and how things were going to be discontinued. And, and, and her and I met in the hallway after that meeting, and, just discuss how we wanted to break it to the team. And I, I think, although they were disappointed, because, um, again, like we felt like we had a good chance to get to Atlanta. It was something we talked about all year. They they were not as disappointed, I, I think, because we we still came away with some hardware in, in, a, in a, a very tough CIAA conference. Had we had not won the conference but still got in, um, you know, that, that would have hurt probably a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it would have hurt a, a whole lot more. Uh, hold the line for me, Coach. We're up against the break. This is the HBCU Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the line with Cleo Hill, Jr., men's basketball coach, Winston-Salem State University. We will continue this conversation coming up on the other side. And hopefully we have time to talk about Michael Jordan getting caught red-handed, getting caught on tape. If we have enough time, we'll talk about it. If not, 
We'll just worry about it Thursday. This is the HBCU Report. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No. No, that, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead. But you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Visit GEMA.GA.gov. Brought to you by GEMHSA, Ready Georgia, FEMA, and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. On the line right now with Damon Wilson, head football coach of the Bowie State University Bulldogs, talking Rooney Rule. It seemed kind of crazy a little. I mean, like, hey, if you hire this coach, then we'll sweeten the pot for you. Like, what are your thoughts? From, from my understanding uh, and what I've read thus far, I really don't like the, the new proposal right now. Uh, because I think it takes away the actual merit of that guy being a good quality coach, you know, and and I don't think that's the way we want to go with regards to improving the hiring of minority coaches. I think there are enough good quality minority coaches out here that should deserve an opportunity, and I don't think you have to put an incentive in place uh, for the uh, higher-ups to give that opportunity to those uh, minority coaches. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Right within, uh uh-uh. uh, come again. Uh-uh. 
1998. That was Lauren Hill's year, man. Wow. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, one of the biggest albums ever. Crazy part is, every member of the Fugees put out an album in 98. Wyclef, Prize, Lauren Hill. But Lauren just took the cake with this one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the HBCU Report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you Tuesday night. Thank you guys for tuning in, however you may be listening. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. When we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. All right, before we went to break, uh, we were on the line with Cleo Hill Jr., men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State University. All right, Coach. So I've been asking everybody that, that's been on the show uh, about this in response to COVID-19, uh, the NCAA's decision to waive the ACT-SAT requirement for incoming freshmen. Uh, was your program at Winston-Salem uh, able to benefit from that, uh, you know, seeing how as coaches were, I mean, instantly uh, introduced to a new pool of players because of the ACT-SAT waivers? Not so much, Rob. The, the two freshmen – and it may be a third, they they were all qualified before that ruling came down. So they, they were equipped with the, the test score and the GPA. So it didn't really, really help us. I think in a couple of other sports at our university, I think it did help. Um, but it, it didn't, you know, affect us either way. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with Cleo Hill, Jr., head basketball coach of the Winston-Salem State University Rams basketball program. Uh, coach, now, I had another North Carolinian. Is, is that how you say it? North Carolinian? Lanian? Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I, I tried. Yeah. I tried. Um, had, <laughs> I had uh, Lavelle Moton on the show uh, not too long ago. And, uh, of okay. course, of course, he's a, a central guy, much like yourself. And I was, right. you know, asking him about the state of North Carolina. Like, man, you know, there are three states that when I think about basketball, I think about New York, which, of course, is the Mecca. I think about the state of Indiana and I think about the store, the state of North Carolina. You know, why is basketball such a huge thing in North Carolina? Well, I think New Jersey is underrated there, Bob. I think you kind of left out New Jersey. Well, I know you were born there. I know, I know that's your hometown. Got some good guys there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But no, North Carolina has just always been that. It's you know, it started with with you know Dean Smith and and, and Coach K, and you know the the draw of the ACC. Um, And although those schools got players from out of state, uh, their homegrown players became stars. and then, you know, things graduated off into to our historically black colleges like A&T, Winston-Salem, North Carolina Central. Um, and you just have a wealth of, of talent in the state of North Carolina. Um, and I'll also add uh, that uh, Lavelle is doing a great job for the Eagles, man. He's, uh, he's, he's a hot guy right now. And uh, we're proud that, it, that he's a, the head coach of our, our uh, Eagle, Eagle team. Absolutely. He's definitely a class act. Definitely a class act. So, uh, Coach, we are coming off of the last dance. Uh, We had the final curtain call for the last dance uh, with you being uh, firmly entrenched in the state of North Carolina. Uh, You know, how big was Michael Jordan in the state? Well, I mean, Michael doesn't get much better in the sport of basketball than Michael Jordan. I can remember um, he was at North Carolina when I was at uh, North Carolina Central, um, and I can remember him coming over a couple of times. That I'm not sure if if you would remember it, 
but he he had a poster that probably wasn't as as popular as his other posters, but it was just called Shirts and Skins. Um, And that was done on the campus of North Carolina Central. Um, And I I could just remember the first time. Yeah, I know. Hold on. I don't I don't mean to cut you off. You're talking about you're talking about the shot with the graffiti in the background. Yes, it, it was. It was absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. That was yeah, on the. Uh, that was for. I was Fr- in that poster. Too. Was that for I Frosted mean, Flakes? I was in there. That was like Frosted Flakes or somebody put those posters out. I remember that. I had that poster. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so he, he's been huge. You know. It, you know, what he did at North Carolina. You know, nobody really saw it coming. They, I even I knew him great player, super athlete and, you know, very quick and, and very smart and aggressive. I, I don't know if anybody ever thought he was going to be the greatest player to ever play the game <laughs> basketball. Right. Um, so I, I, I can imagine. I've gotten different responses from um, the documentary Last Dance, but you know, Jordan is as good as it gets in, in this particular sport, with this particular basketball. Well, you know, I'm sure you know Stephen Gaither from uh, HBCUGameDay.com Yes. Um, um, Stephen yes. is under oh, the belief. Yeah, right. There you go. Your boy. So, <laughs> so look. So, Stephen, I was reading the website not too long ago, and Stephen is under the belief, and I could, I could kind of go along with this. That had Jordan not gone to gone to a, a PWI, he would have gone to North Carolina Central or Winston Salem. But if he had gone to Central, y'all would have played together. That's right. <laughs> then you would have had yeah, a story. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that would have been great. That I mean, would have been great. You know, and, and I would never, never compare anybody to Michael Jordan. I would never do that. But we, we did have a player at the time that was really, really similar. I'm, I'm not sure if everybody would remember him. Um, Willie Gennetti, uh, you know, 6'6", six, six from Aurora, North Carolina. He was really similar uh, to Michael. He ended up breaking his ankle. Um, probably, which would have been my my freshman year, um, and then at the, at that time, you know, those kind of injuries, you know, you, you know, today a broken ankle, you, you're you're a hundred percent inside of a year, right? Um, and, and he was never really the same after that. You know, he still could score, he still could shoot, still was athletic, um, but he was very similar to to Mike, and, and you know, a lot of people may say, "Who is this guy?" and go straight to Google, but See, I remember him him being there that day that uh, that Michael came over. But um, you know, you you just can't compare. But that would have been great to have to have him uh, alongside playing playing for. Uh, I, that would have been interesting him playing for Mike Bernard. That's all I can say <laughs> about that. That would have been a real interesting situation. No doubt about it, man. He is Cleo Hill Jr. Coach, thank you so much for checking in with me, man. And uh, I look forward to talking to you uh, at some point down the road, okay? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, Rob. And, you know, to all the people affected by COVID, uh, my condolences and, and, and keep staying strong and keep practicing social distancing. And uh, we'll be out of this hopefully soon. All right, great stuff right there from Cleo Hill, Jr., head basketball coach, Winston-Salem State University. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have just enough time for me to get this clip on, and we're going to set this thing up, and then we'll definitely tackle it coming up on Thursday's show. All right, big shouts out again to TMZ. TMZ, 
acquired um, an audio recording from Michael Jordan from 1992, where he told uh, Olympic Selection Committee member Rod Thorne that he was out if Isaiah Thomas made the dream team. They called me to ask me to play. Rod Thorne called me to say, Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is the team. He assured me, he said, you know what? Chuck that one, Isaiah. So Isaiah's not going to be a part of the team. So if you couldn't make out what Michael was saying, he was saying that he wasn't going to play if Isaiah Thomas was on the team, plain and simple. Now, the audio is all on Jack McCollum's Dream Team tapes. And so it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really unbelievable. And so it kind of hurts Mike. It kind of hurts Mike. And and I'll talk about, I'll talk more about it Thursday, but it it totally, it hurts him. And it kind of validates everything that everybody else has been saying. From the Horace Grants to Scotty being upset to some of his adversaries and some of the things that they had to say. Yeah, yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. Man, looking real bad for Mike right now. Looking real bad. And speaking of looking real bad, how many of you all checked out the 112 versus Jagged Edge battle on versus last night? Oh my God. So here we are, Saturday. Things were great Saturday. Beanie Man, Bounty Killer. I mean, the sound was phenomenal. The video was phenomenal. And you know, I was just on this show Saturday morning clowning, saying that the Wi-Fi in Jamaica was going to be the worst Wi-Fi that we had ever seen. Ha, jokes on me. The Wi-Fi in Jamaica turned out to be the best Wi-Fi that we've seen on Versus during the whole pandemic. How you love that? Unbelievable. So then last night, we get Jagged Edge and 112 and... I mean, up front, Jagged Edge sound, the the audio sounded good. Once they patched um, Mike and Slim in, things kind of went downhill. You got static. The audio wasn't that clear. It was, it was, it was terrible. Let's just be very honest. And luckily we got through it because of the new rules. Thanks to Instagram uh, saying that, that they can only uh, play 90 seconds of a song. Thankfully for that piece, we were able to get through it. Because, man, if it had been like these previous battles where people were playing two, three minutes of a song, we would have never made it through Jagged Edge 112 last night. And so it also keeps a, a time limit on it, too, if you just keep it at 90 seconds. My God. And so, uh, yeah, last night it was the, the quality wasn't the best. And so um, in response, Timberland and Swiss Beats are saying that um, if you don't use the equipment that they send you, you will not be able to participate in the versus battle. And it only makes sense. If they're sending you the the proper equipment, why not use it so that everything could be great? I mean, clearly Ludacris used it. Clearly uh, Bounty and Beanie used it, even though they were in the same place together, which was dynamic in itself, right? It was dynamic. And so uh, we'll see. I like this versus, but but they're going to have to tweak some things uh, in order to, to make it a little better. In order to make it a little better. All right. So are all hearts and minds clear? Everybody good? Hearts and minds clear? Everybody good? All right. So if all hearts and minds are clear, that about do it for another edition of the HBCU Report. Coming up on Thursday's show, we will definitely tackle this Michael Jordan audio. We're going to talk about Dwayne Wade. What the hell is going on with Dwayne Wade? I know it's the HBCU Report, but we got to talk about it. What in the hell? Going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk with Ryan Ritter, the head basketball coach of Bethune-Cookman University. He's going to check in with us Thursday night. All of that and more happens on Thursday night show, so be sure to tune in, all right? I'd like to thank our guest, Cleo Hill Jr., 
men's basketball coach, Winston-Salem State University, and of course you, the listener, because without you, there would be no HBCU report. And just remember that tomorrow's not promised, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. This is the HBCU Report. See you guys Thursday night at 7. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.